The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the seventh chapter. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet, the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. So you cried before the Holy Gospel was read. And before you even said, glory to you, O Lord, you were already singing, alleluia, as if your prayer had indeed been heard. For we are in the Spirit today, and the fire of his love has been more than kindled. You heard Moses' cry that echoed through the ages. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Seventy of Israel's elders got a little bit of the spirit when the Lord came down in the cloud. Then two more who were in the camp, and they prophesied. Seventy-two of Israel's elders prophesied. They weren't predicting the future. They weren't preaching either. They were speaking inspired praise, confessing the faith, telling the truth about the beauty and goodness of God their God, your God, just as you did with your triple alleluia and will do again when you next say amen. Yes, the 72 prophesied as soon as the Spirit rested on them. But then what did you hear? They did not continue doing so. The Spirit was doled out piecemeal, for a time, for a few, until now, until you. Your Jesus said that God does not give the Spirit sparingly, not anymore, not since the Spirit entered and remained on him when he came out of the Jordan shouldered with the sins of the world. If anyone thirst, let him come to me, he said. Whoever believes in me, let him drink, which is what you've already been doing right here. For out of his heart flow rivers of living water rivers of indwelling spirit life, letting you do what the 72 could only partially 
and for one brief moment do prophesy about the beauty and goodness of God in all its fullness in Jesus, the greatest guarantee of his unstoppable, unrelenting love of you. When Paul wrote to the Galatian Christians, he asked them, tell me, how did you get the Spirit? He didn't ask them if they got the Spirit or if they now had the Spirit. He knew full well that they all could testify under oath in a Roman court of law that they had and were even now full of the Spirit and that there would be no objections from any attorney in the room, no inadmissible hearsay. The only question would be, what spirit? Whose spirit did you get? How did they know they had the spirit? Well, once upon a time, they had never heard of Jesus. And now they're exclaiming, my Lord and my God, trusting him for everything in life and in death, confessing him, singing to him, praying in his name alone as a name which is above all names. In short, doing everything you do here in the tent and out in the camp as well. For no one can say, Jesus is Lord, as you do, except by the Spirit, whom God now does not give sparingly. As you heard in that glorious text from Luke, they were all together in one place, he said. The Blessed Virgin, the Holy Apostles, the new 72 sent out two by two. Our Lord's stepbrothers and stepsisters, aunts, uncles, cousins, Cleopas and friend. Because Jesus said, don't leave town, whatever you do. A hundred and twenty in all, Luke says, together in one place. Because it's Sunday. And that's what Christians do. But they weren't the only ones in town. Devout Jews from every nation under heaven were residing in Jerusalem now. As you heard, God had brought them home, just like the prophets had said. For the last days, the end time had been ushered in with your Savior's it is finished and his glorious resurrection as Lord of all. Yes, the once scattered, displaced diaspora had come home to hear Peter preach on a text from Joel interrupted with psalms about how great Jesus is. That's what the Spirit makes you do say and sing the mighty works of God. Take his body, drink his blood, be filled with God, 
even in these jars of clay, even with sins to lay before him. But he takes them, cleans house, depart unclean spirit, make room for the Holy Spirit. And in Jesus' holy name, it is done. For you were washed, you were sanctified to be the Spirit's temple, his eternal dwelling place. You all together in one place. You aren't just spirit-filled. You're spirit-linked. You're a congregation of the new creation. Understand what's happening here. You all have different likes and tastes. You have different incomes, education, politics. Some of you have traveled the world. Some of you have come from a different part of the world. You may have nothing in common with the person behind you, except that he or she is your sister, your brother, in Christ. You share the bond of the Spirit which is stronger and longer lasting than the bond of blood. As the Holy Apostle says, in one Spirit we've all been baptized into one body, all given one Spirit to drink. So if any one here suffers, we all suffer together. If any one here is honored, all are honored together. You may not think that way now, but that's why you come together in one place, to kneel at one altar, partake of one holy food, Pentecost is about communion, the body of Christ, which is what you get here, and how the resurrected, ascended Lord is still very much in the world with a love and a joy that is unrelenting in and through you, spirit-filled, Spirit-led to honor his name here in the tent and out in the camp today and forever. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.